we're there. We're live. We are. We are. Take a pulse. Oh. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll give everybody like a minute or so to All right. jump Sounds in good. with us. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so excited. If you are coming in, we've got some very fun and interesting things to chat about tonight. There we go. Well, I don't know about fun and uh, uh, interesting. It's it's going to be weird. <laughs> I think it's fun. I love this. Um, you know, it's, it's such a good opportunity for everybody to get together and to chat. There we go. Find out what's happening in the world. And I feel like you've been putting yourself out there, but there's parts of grace that we don't know. So this oh, is like a chance yeah, to share that with out. everybody. Yep. All right. Well, it is, um, it's eight o'clock. I'm going to get us started. Oh my goodness. So welcome everyone. Uh, as we say every week, it's Trans Tuesday, my favorite night of the week. I am Cassandra Storm, your host, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And tonight we're hosting one of our club members, Grace Ferris, the founder of Transmission. And uh, tonight we're going to get to know all the crazy twists and turns of Grace's path that has taken her to creating this fantastic um, mission that she has now for the trans community. It's such a beautiful thing. I'm so excited that we're here to share it with all of you. So uh, welcome, Grace. Thank you so much for joining us for Trans Tuesday. Thanks so much, Cass. Thanks a million for having me on the program tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's so much fun to, to talk. So thank you. And it's nice to see everybody. Good evening. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, My Feminine Heart is a membership club with a private online community and an interactive online show we feature on Tuesday nights called Trans Tuesday, just like this. And tonight we're going to welcome comments and questions in our Facebook chat as uh, Grace and I are chatting here on Zoom. And uh, so, Grace, we're going to fire it right off. Sounds First of all, um, for anybody who's who's watching, we're going to get to the whole story of how this created. But can you tell us real quick what Transmission is? Oh yeah, sure. It's a it's an online church, uh, part of the Catholic Apostolic Church in North America, uh, specifically for the trans community. So we um, uh, want to welcome trans people in so that they can worship. You know, as far as we are concerned, God created all of us. God loves us the way we are, and we want to make sure that we minister to people who other churches will say are not welcome. Well, you are welcome here. So um, welcome sisters, welcome brothers, we're happy to have you. We, and, we this have, is, and this is oh, completely online. Everything, yeah. And in fact, I was so impressed by what you did with My Feminine Heart. Right now, all we have is a public Facebook page. I, I am in the process of creating a private page so that people can, once they want to join, they can do that. And we can provide assurance that everything is confidential it's in that private forum where we'll have Bible studies and uh, support groups and study sessions and counseling, that kind of thing. The things that you would encounter if you were live in your own neighborhood church. So any of the programs, that's how you would participate. But the trans community is all over the place and I want transmission to be 
all over the place, which is why we're dedicated to being online. We do connect people with our parishes so that they can go in person there, but we're and we're going to get into more detail in this later, but for anybody who's confused, there is the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. This is a branch. It's a, it's its own course. It's, yep. That is Catholic, but it's Catholic that welcomes people who are trans and all part of the rainbow and very loving and accepting. Their priests can be married. They can be married. They can be kids. men, women, uh, straights, uh, gay, trans. It, it doesn't matter. God created us all. God loves us all. Our clergy are all represent every aspect of the LBGTQ rainbow. So um, yeah, I'm the only trans member of our clergy. Uh, there are some other independent Catholic priests who are trans. Uh, I think only two or three uh, nationwide, but one of these days will be a lot of us. But uh, yeah, we're not part of the Roman church. We're, we don't uh, have to answer to uh, anybody. Um, uh, we, we look at the Pope as somebody who's a peer, a superior among peers. And uh, But we're fully Catholic. We're just not Roman Catholic. Yeah. So for anybody out there who, you know, grew up in the Catholic faith or they're attracted to the Catholic faith, but they have reservations because the Catholic faith, the Roman side is not as fully accepting as we would want, you know, in our community. Uh, this is something that might really be for you. And it's a fabulous way for anybody out there who cannot come to a chapel because they are too distanced or for whatever reason, they're restricted to just being online, that they mm -hmm. can still gather and worship and learn from you. And I just, I love this, but let's take everybody through the journey right. that got you right. here, because this is something that's kind of, it's very new and you have been around the block for quite some time. So and, and yeah, well, and not around the trans block. I'm just brand new on it and haven't even rounded the first corner yet. So yeah, I feel like so everything we're going to talk about tonight that is new, you're yeah. coming out uh, realize, realizing, re, not mm -hmm. even like coming out, realizing that you are transgender, joining the um, apostolic church. I, I practiced that over and over and over again. I knew I was going to say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I went for a walk with my husband and my dog, and I just kept saying it over and over again. <laughs> um, but all of this is really kind of like in the last year and a half, two years. Like it's almost like since COVID has been around, your whole life has changed. In ways that I would have had no idea. It just, just absolutely, try. I still wonder how did this happen? <laughs> but, and, and yeah, and, and, um, and you I know, would just, imagine you were from a pretty traditional family because you told me that your family has been settled in the same area for like four centuries. Yes, that's right. My, my family, I, I was born and raised just outside New York City uh, in, in Westchester County. Uh, nice place. And a lot of people think, oh, all those big McMansions and everybody drives Porsches. Well, I didn't when I was growing up. My family's been in that area since the 1600s and back before it was very expensive suburbia it was dairy farm and my family was involved with farming it and so i was there and that's where i grew up mom was a german lutheran dad was an episcopalian um they went to church well mom did dad once in a while and so i was raised in a lutheran church and uh 
went on Sundays, went to school and worked and, you know, did the typical kinds of things. Um, then I now moved I, around. Oh, oh, hold on. I, I always imagine that for somebody to end up in the faith, that they were raised in a very religious household. Like, so you said you went to church, but was religion a big part of your upbringing? No, no, not at all. We, we um, like I said, we, we would go to church and then there was a period of time when uh, dad would drive my brother and me to Sunday school. Mom sometimes wouldn't go. And then I have a younger sister. And by the time she came along, my parents, everybody just kind of stopped going. Um, I kept going. Um, I, 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 uh, I had some friends who went to the local church and that's where we had a youth group. So I wasn't real spiritual, but I would go to church and I go to the youth group meetings and uh, and then when I moved away and went to college and started working, I'd move to a community, I'd find a church. And why? Because it's, it's what we do. And, um, and again, I, I never felt any special um, calling from God other than to just got to go to church because that's what we do. And, and I moved around a lot. So and because of that, I would get involved with whatever the church was in my community. So I spent some time well, wait a minute. How many times did you move? Because that's significant. Oh, yeah. 28. I'm in my 28th home. And uh, yeah, and, and I plan to stay here. So now it's a retirement community. So um, if my kids are listening, just make sure that when my time comes, you carry me out feet first. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and speaking of how many children do you have? Five. Uh, I have uh, four daughters and a son. Yeah, they're and they're all grown. They're all uh, adults. Uh, one little granddaughter who lives down in Maryland, and um, they're great kids. They're, they're they kind of take after me in one regard. They're scattered all over the place. So uh, my youngest daughter lives just a few miles away, so I get to see her frequently. Uh, but I got a daughter in Boston, and there's one in Rochester, and. And my son is, uh, he kind of moves around. I think he's in Vermont these days. And, and then I got one in Baltimore and I'm leaving somebody out. Um, but they're all over the place. Oh, yeah, anyway, they're all over the place. So. so you've moved so many times. You have five children. Mm -hmm. uh, at, you know, how long were you in a career before you entered the faith, before you became clergy? How long was that part of your life? Well, uh, you know, a working life, I I, uh, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do out of high school. So um, I worked in a local drugstore in my neighborhood in New York, and that was fine. And then then it came time to settle down and go to college. So uh, I moved up to Boston and, and I went to Boston University. And uh, at that point, I couldn't afford to pay to go. This was back in the late 70s. So I uh, took a full time job <clears throat> working there and uh, put myself through school at night. And, uh, and that's what I did. I was a non-traditional adult learner. And, uh, and I studied there and then eventually transferred to Niagara University where I earned a bachelor's degree. And the whole time, so my early career was in higher ed and I was always in fundraising. Uh, there always were capital campaigns going on. And, and I just learned if you're gonna call somebody uh, at the dinner hour, to make a contribution, you know, with the telephone, just make sure to just ask them to fork it over. No, I'm oh, sorry, bad joke. <laughs> but I'm bummed. Yeah, I was <laughs> expecting that tonight. Oh. Um, yeah, and so you've had this like whole kind of life and background before going into clergy. I want to tell, I want to share one more sweet story 
and then check in with our audience who's been messaging before I get to the serious stuff. So I want to share one thing about you that a lot of people may not know. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're like this big performer. And well, those of us in my feminine heart know, because we have these zoom open mic socials and you sing and like, you write your own music and it's fun and cute, but you had like this whole like act yeah. <laughs> that you would take around town. We a world war II radio show. I'd dress up in a world war II uniform and, and, uh, have an old crooner mic, like the kind that, uh, Bob Hope or Bing Crosby used to use. And totally self-contained sound gear and I travel all over the show was one hour had the lighted on the air sign and I would do the voiceover and you're listening to Armed Forces Radio from New York City and then I'd welcome everybody I'd tell the Bob Hope jokes I'd read letters requesting songs and then I'd cue up the music and I'd sing the songs and put in the ads between you know this portion brought to you by and you know whomever so I always had fun doing it. I had a face for radio and I always wanted to do radio as a career and never did. So I just, that's how I muscled my way in to do it. And I know that you haven't been performing since COVID, but you found transmission and I think you have an incredible voice for radio (laughs) Um, and like you carry this really well. So you're somebody that, you know, I, I used to, I told you I built my career photographing weddings. I've, I've heard a lot of clergy. I don't want to uh-huh. sit and listen to everybody for an hour on Sunday morning, but I could sit and listen to you preach. Like oh, that. You have no. the voice for it. So I want to check it and say hi to everybody and let them know that we're about to get a little serious. Okay. Um, so, oh my goodness, you have so many people wishing oh. you well. Um, hi, everybody. Diane Crow, our, mm. our girl. Um, she says, yeah. so great to see you both. Um, she says, I love the blue and the hair and the new glasses too. Notice the blue eyeshadow too, Diane. Oh, <laughs> and do you want to tell people what you did? The extensions. Yeah. And uh, I got them done here at, in uh, Colony, New York. Uh, um, Sarah Jones, if you're out there, Sarah, you did a great job. You, I gave you a challenge and she did it and and I love them. I, I just I just love it. Yeah, so they much. look they look great. They look oh. great. And I'm not clearly I'm not the only one who thinks so. Um Tracy Ashley says hi. Hi, Tracy. Uh hello's from Ashley Glennon and Georgia Corneo. Um oh, we're both getting compliments on our hair tonight. Well, I knew I had to actually style myself because Grace had her hair done. So I'm like, all right, I can't just come in with a ponytail tonight. I want hair like yours. <laughs> um, Bronwyn says hello. She says you're looking hello. good, Grace. Chloe Webb's wishing everybody well. Michaela Roden, I love our, I love our crew so much. Beth McKinley says, I hope Grace is coming to Lake Erie. I would love to hang and talk about old Lutherans and fundraising. <laughs> Have you nope. two connected? Have you connected with Beth? This no. is like her whole background is fundraising and like the church. Oh, we'll have to do that. Let's get in line off, uh, you know, off, offline, as we say. We'll, we'll do that. I'm coming to Keystone. <laughs> well, Beth will be at Keystone too. Um, oh, she, well, she's in my neck of the woods. So if you okay. come through to see your daughter in Baltimore, just mm-hmm. drive through and see us. Um, cause we are, we are, uh, right on the way. And Beth is one of our club members. So she is one of our experts, but she's also a club member too. So you'll connect with her in the Facebook group. Great. Um, yeah. And just more, oh yeah. And Beth says she can't wait. So 
So excited. Thank you everyone for joining us. So one of the things um, I had mentioned to Grace and you would have thought that I would have spent some time looking up the movie. <laughs> so uh, there is a movie uh, with Steve Martin where he plays an evangelist and Deborah Winger's in it. And, you know, it's, it's like a 30 year old movie. So I'm not spoiling it for anybody. <laughs> if you haven't seen it at this point, it's good, but he's, you know, he's a man who has a very shady past and really isn't an authentic preacher. But then of course it's a movie. So he discovers faith, you know, as it, as it goes, I cannot remember the name of it, but if you look up Steve Martin, you'll find it. So, but there's this one, this one moment where somebody discovers Steve Martin's past and is about to call him out on being, you know, not the perfect, pristine clergy. Yep. And Steve Martin's like, well, hey, who do you want ministering to you? Somebody who's never taken a drink or never, you know, had a, you know, never slept with a woman, never had lust or fear or hatred or, you know, never committed. So, you know, he embraced this whole dark past. I'm not saying that you have a dark past. <laughs> so I don't want to scare anybody, but you know, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is an idea that you know there there's a concept that so many that we picture that people go into becoming worship leaders, um, mm -hmm. becoming clergy, becoming the heads of churches because they were raised very religiously and very strictly, which you were not. And there's also this concept that they are supposed to be these perfect people. And then how do we connect with them? And so that's one of the things that um, in that movie, he's like, I am somebody who's lived through it and I can help you through it too. And when you've shared your story with me, all the good stuff, not the, you know, other stuff in the movie, but, you know, you've lived your life full and I feel like that helps you connect with your followers. You're not pretending to be a perfect person. Oh, I'm not perfect in any stretch of the imagination. And, and you're right. You know, there are no coincidences in life. Everything that we do, every opportunity that we get, God has an idea. He has a plan and, and things work out for a purpose. Uh, we don't understand why sometimes, and sometimes we never do. And sometimes we find out years later, but um, you know, yeah. And I've been down those roads, and so people who are dealing with whatever issues, I, I know I've been there. So, you know, speaking of, and this is something that's going to hit home for a lot of people in this community, this month is significant to you. It's an anniversary month. Would you mind sharing a little about that? Yeah, not at all. It was actually 30 years ago, and I, and I have to tell you that um, I, uh, I wear a semicolon on my wrist because of it. Um, 30 years ago was the darkest time of my life, a suicide attempt, and happily I didn't survive, I didn't, I wasn't successful. Um, I, I was living up in Niagara Falls, I was 500 miles away from my family, um, and I went through my first divorce, and it was terribly painful. I had two young kids, uh, my two daughters, Jill and Kim, were, were three and five at the time, and, and it was, it was the it was awful, the, the, the situation, but, but I had no family or friends in the community. And then I was working at Niagara and they're a nice bunch of people, but it's a Roman Catholic college and they were very conservative. So when it became clear that I was going through a divorce, I became persona non grata and some people just wouldn't talk to me anymore. And, uh, and it was tough. And, and I wound up at the sort of at the end of my rope. 
So, but I did have uh, some support. I had a brother who was a year and a half older than me. He was living back home in New York. He, he never moved away from home. Um, he, um, he died, uh, tried, he had an aneurysm and doctor said he was gone in 20 minutes and didn't feel a thing. Well, he was such a source of support for me and, and he's gone and, and I had nothing. And it was just, it was dark. And I don't know what the trigger was, but I went to a um, chamber of commerce meeting at the Power Vista, Niagara Falls. And it's just North of the city. It's a, a hydroelectric dam. And we're out on the observation deck and it's a beautiful fall day. And I remember looking at the, uh, there was a fence and, and I knew I could climb it and, and I could take a leap and I could be gone before anybody stopped me. And, and I, you know, kind of checked it out and I knew it would work. I wasn't going to do it right at that moment, you know, the people all over the place. So, so I went home that night and I wrote the note and I took care of things and put things out where the, and then I went back the next day to, um, set to go. I shut the car off and, um, then I thought, well, I don't need keys anymore. Just put them on the seat. And, uh, and, and, and I, I have no idea how long I sat in the car and I just sobbed. And um, I, I froze. And then that night I went home and it was, it was tough. It was, it was tough. Uh, passage from a song, uh, a hymn played in my mind at that point. Um, and the one phrase from it kept playing over and over and to this day I, I can't do that hymn if I'm in church and it's the organ starts playing it I, I get up and leave I can't I can't stay in it I, I lose it but it was a hard time Grace I'm so happy that that failed and that <laughs> you, you found your way out of it um but I I know that you know you've shared with me that this is well, and we know this is a community where we have something like 45% attempted suicide rate. And yep. for you, you had no idea you were trans. So that wasn't even adding to what you were experiencing. But if there are people out there who are feeling lost and, you know, please call the suicide hotline, there's resources for you. Um, but I know that you're, you are somebody who can counsel people because you've been through it as well. I've been there. Uh, and, and I know, it, it's, I don't just have to say, you know, oh, it must be horrible or let me, no, I, I, I remember, I remember how I felt. And um, so I know there's, there's an alternative there. It's like the, the, you know, the person who gets stuck in the ditch and can't get out and nobody will come down to help him. Finally, somebody does come down. Now he says, well, we're both stuck here. And he said, no, I, I was here before. I know the way out. Come on. So I know the way out. So um, not that I'm solve everybody's problem, but I've just, I've been down that road and I know where that road goes, so. Well, and I appreciate very much that you are that resource for people. And this yeah. was, this was like the life-changing moment that not only you were, you, you saved yourself or you were saved, this is kind of what brought you closer was, to God. Yeah, that, that was huge. I had, I wasn't a real, I mean, I always felt, um, uh, 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 I wanted to go to church. And I remember once telling my father when I was young that I, I was thinking I should become a minister. And he said, great, you'll only have to work one day a week. <laughs> it doesn't go that way. But but no, I mean, I was not overly involved. I, I, I did at that point, you know, a few years later, I enrolled in Colgate Rochester Divinity School. I started working on my master's degree. Um, 
I went a year and a half part-time and didn't finish. You know, my kids were young and and it just everything was too busy at the time. And I figured someday I'd go back. So I kept working on my career and being married, trying to make a marriage work, and that didn't. And having the kids and been blessed with five kids, it's it's been a wonderful ride. Um, and let's just let's just let everybody know now how many times have you been married? Three. Yep. Yep. Uh, first time was uh, twelve years, and um, Lori's still very angry with me. Won't talk to me. Uh, <laughs> I was married to, to Sue, and I were married. I, I think about twelve years, and we were, we remain best of friends. She lives just a few miles away. We we talk to each other, and um, you know, we're, we we didn't even have lawyers when we divorced. And then I, the last time I got married, uh, it shouldn't have happened, and. And um, we were only married for, for a couple of months and we went our separate ways. And uh, um, so, no, and I had no idea why, but then, you know, when I became trans, oh, that's why I can't make a marriage work. I wasn't well, and didn't, didn't you say one, your second wife realized that? She was like, I could have told you you were trans. Yeah, I told her. And because you know, I came out to our, our youngest daughter, uh, Abby, she's the one who lives locally. And uh, she was so supportive. And then I, I called and I told Sue and she said, yeah, well, I kind of figured. I mean, it was no surprise to her. I told my cousin Patty and she said, yeah, yeah, I could have told you that years ago. <laughs> so I, I feel like all these women in your life, they yeah. saw this and you had no idea. I had no idea. You know, I always preferred the company of women and uh, we would go to a party uh, as a couple when I was married. And, you know, it's typically the thing, the men congregate in one room and the women in another. And I always feel more comfortable talking with the women. And, and sometimes it would kind of tick off my wife and, you know, okay, so I'd be talking with the guys. I don't mean to knock guys, but it just, I'm not, not interested. And it's not where you, it's not where you gravitated to. So, yeah, so you had these, these moments as a child and, and growing up where, you know, but it wasn't blaring to you and I actually I wanted to ask you do you think all the moving was part of distracting you from realizing this that you were creating more activity in your life to distract yourself from what was going on inside probably because many of the moves were for my job many of the moves were for Sue's job um but yeah, you're right. There was always something going on, something, if there's something big happening, we don't have to focus on something else. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That, that I would see, that's good. Well, and one of the things that, you know, you shared, um, which is beautiful insight into, you know, the, the lives that you shared with your, your wives mm -hmm. is that there may have been conflict because Oh yeah, you you well, you wanted to be more of the 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 wife in the marriage yes. of traditionally. And, and, yeah, and and I and I've got a really good therapist, uh, Melissa. I've I've been going to see her for a number of years, and it was through her when I came to this realization that I'm trans. Of course, I went and talked to her. You know, got something new to surprise you with today, Melissa, and uh, but but through that process, I mean, she helped me see that. Um, at least what makes sense to me. I wasn't able to make marriages work because my my real desire was to be the wife and mother, not to be the the um, uh, the, the, the husband father. 
And, and each of the three women that I married were very strong women in, in their own unique ways. Uh, and so I was in direct conflict with them. And I can see now, knowing them, how their response to my um, kind of feminine uh, orientation would have been, um, or identification rather, would have been taken the wrong way. So I was able to apologize to Sue for that. And Oh, she's fine. So, and the other well, two. I'm, were... I'm glad that you and Sue are friends still. Me too. Me too. Well, um, you know, you, you are really connecting with our crew and that was kind of the purpose of sharing this. And thank you so much for sharing just how human you are. You know, people can, can have a conversation. I'm struggling with yep. my spouse. I'm struggling with my kids. I'm struggling with work or the loss of family or, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm struggling with thoughts of suicide. You are somebody who can connect with those things. And we all struggle with something. If somebody yeah. tells you they have no struggles, they maybe you just got them at a bad time. We all have struggles. So I've got like 50 messages to catch you up on like you. <laughs> um, so let me just, just run through really quickly. So going way back from Robin Clement, most Robin says mostly practicing Roman Catholic cannot reconcile the feelings transgender feelings created by God versus the temptation of sin. There are so many in the community that don't live godly lives and make choices that serve the self. Can mm -hmm. you relate to that? Yes. Um, Robin, contact me. Go on Facebook and look for St. Wilgefortis Transmission. My contact information is there. Um, yeah, I can relate to that because uh, I get it all the time. I get the look from any other trans person we get when I'm dressed in my civilian clothes. I put this on, it pushes some people over the, over the edge um, and, it, and it really does. Uh, but yeah, I, yes, if I could just one little tiny theological thing, as far as all the law is concerned that comes out of the Bible, there's 603 laws in the Old Testament the Hebrew scriptures called Mosaic law. And, uh, and our focus is not on obeying the law. When, when Christ was here and he had his ministry, he made it really clear that what we need to do is to love each other. And toward the end of his career, the disciples asked him, what's the most important of all the commandments? And, and he said that we love God with all our heart, all our soul. That's the first commandment. The second that I'll give you now is like it only a little different. You love each other the way I love you. And on those two commandments rest all the laws of the prophets. So in other words, if we love God and we love others, everything else doesn't matter. God doesn't care if we're trans, if we're straight, if we're Republican or Democrat, or if we, God doesn't care. You don't care if we keep kosher or if we're God doesn't care if we love God and we love others and, and love him. That's what we're supposed to do. And that's all he asks. That's all he asks. And, and, and he loves us. So we need to love each other. And I put the link for transmission for your Facebook group in the comments. So Robin, it's already in there. Um, and please feel free to connect with Grace. Um, Thank you for, for sharing that. So Tracy Ashley, um, Tracy Ashley, our young college kid, knew the mm -hmm. Steve Martin movie, Leap of Faith. Thank oh, you, good. Tracy. I saw that. That's right. 
<laughs> um, Michaela Roden says to you, Grace, I'm so happy you're still with us. Oh, thank you, Michaela. Bronwyn says you're amazing. And Ashley Glennon would hug you now if she could. Uh, I'd have to reach up because Ashley's a little taller than I am. <laughs> and uh, Chloe Webb says my walk with God is closer now than it ever was trying to check the boxes. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, Amber Dorsey says, hi, hey, hello. Um, hi, Amber. Do you know Amber? I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think Amber's new to Trans Tuesday tonight. So welcome. It's so lovely to have you. Look forward um, to meeting you. Mm -hmm. Michaela says she was the same way. I'm not sure whose comment, but I do want to acknowledge Michaela. Uh, Ronnie, Rami is joining us. She just got home from work in uh, New Zealand. I think you had mentioned on your podcast that we've got people who are club members and tune in from New Zealand. This actually, like, I think it's Wednesday at the yeah. end of our work day at this point. So it's Trans Wednesday in New Zealand oh, for okay. our members. Um, Ashley says, yeah, it was so much easier for me to make friends with women than with men. I knew a lot of people would connect with that. Um, Bronwyn's gotten much more spiritual since coming out. I'm glad. Ashley Glennon says, amen. And Beth McKinley says, preach. So <laughs> you, have, you have some fans rooting for us. So what okay. I want to get to, I know you all must be dying because I think every single other person, almost, not, uh -huh. not everybody, but 90% of the people we interview on this show is like, I've knew since I was four or six or 10. You found out at like 60, right? 62. But 62. And it was pretty much, you know, I think God came banging on your door and mm -hmm. said, you need to know this. Can you share, can you share the magic trans moment where you were like, oh. Without a doubt. Well, let me put it into, into, context um so i uh, a few years earlier i, I was at a, i was called to a training session at glens falls hospital on affirming care for transgender patients and i wasn't really interested in going because i had nothing to do with this community and uh, but okay but it was required and i went uh and i knew nothing of the community and my conceptions were you know all wrong Anyway, this, the presenter was a trans woman called Kelly, and she did a really good job of explaining the difference between orientation and gender identity and, and sex, the whole bit. It made sense to me, but one of the things that she said in the presentation was that um, a lot of her, her uh, she and her friends tend to stay together for safety. So after the presentation was over, I went to her and I was wearing a collar like I am now, and I thanked her for the insight and I asked her how she um, practices her faith. And, and I'll never forget the expression that she had. She looked at me and, and said, well, we don't because we're not welcome anywhere. And I didn't know where or why that stuck with me, but it did. I was, I was active in a Southern Baptist church at the time, you know, a contemporary church. Uh, and we didn't cater to anybody in the LGBTQ community, but and for some reason that just hung with me. Now, fast forward a few years, and um, here I am. I I get called up when the COVID uh, situation came along. I'm a chaplain. I'm in the in the guard. New York mobilized the National Guard to help with the the mission. So um, I was one of the chaplains uh, called to to serve. 
most of the uh, soldiers and airmen that we were ministering to were Catholic. And I had been feeling just a little dissatisfaction with the overly casual way my own church had become. And I was thinking I needed a more liturgical experience. So I was going to go back to the uh, seminary for the Presbyterian church, the one I went back to in the 90s. And then a friend of mine who's Catholic said, no, you need to become Catholic. And I remember thinking, no, not me, you know, uh-uh. And uh, she sent me a book, Confessions of a Megachurch Pastor. I read it and I thought, you know, this has a lot of truth to it. And I prayed on it and maybe I do. So I, I called the uh, vocations office for the diocese in upstate New York and, and found out I was way too old. Um, it, it just wouldn't have worked out anyway. And, but I was told I could become a member and, you know, join an altar society or something. But eh, no, thank you. Um, clergy. I wanted to stay clergy. So, um, but I knew that there were independent churches because we had a few years ago, a military chaplain who was Catholic and he was married and had kids. So I did a little Google search and I just happened to find the Catholic Apostolic Church. And then I saw, oh, they've got local parishes. Where are they located? And I figured they're all gonna be far away from me. Well, one was in Schenectady, New York, which is not far from me. I thought, wasn't that great? Wow. And I got kind of excited. And then I clicked to get him more information. I saw that the priest there was um, Tony Green. And, and I knew him because his day job is as the chaplain at Ellis Hospital. And uh, I had, I made a presentation at his church many years earlier for the guard. And then a couple months before then we had talked, I, I had applied for a chaplain position at Ellis, but it was too far from where I was living. So we knew each other. So, so I called them and I said, you, you belong to this church. So that's how I got connected with Casina, the Catholic Apostolic Church in North America. Uh, and I, I, I joined, I applied for holy orders and was ordained a deacon as Gary. I'll be ordained a priest in a few months as Grace. So yeah. and you're going to be the first well, the first one, the first one in the Catholic Apostolic Church, uh, but there are some others. There's uh, actually somebody I didn't know until just the other day, somebody that I met through St. Wilgefortis. Um, there's a, um, uh, a trans priest with the independent ecumenical Catholics out in, I think he's in Portland, Oregon. Um, so we've connected, and then, uh, and then I learned that there are a few others. So uh, I'm hoping to meet some more, but yeah, yeah we're, we're uh, bravely going where none have gone before. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like trans people anyway. And a lot of people just have no stomach for someone like me. I, I've gotten, you know, hate mail and got one threat and life is exciting. <laughs> but, well, so, yeah, so let's let's back up for a second. So here you are. You're you've you've come so far in life. You've 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 gone through all these amazing cycles. You've moved so much. You've changed careers. You've had all these children. Um, you've had you know you know beautiful people in your life. Here you're in your sixties, yep. and you know you are like coming face to face. You were kind of forced into a like a like an inclusion workshop with a led by a trans woman. Yeah. And you at the time you were like, no, I'm not interested. I, I you know this 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 is not something yep. that I need to worry about. 
and you walk away from that and then you have an epiphany, right? Yeah. For yourself, was, not just yeah. for she inspiring transmission, which it sounds like she kind of did, but you know, and, for yourself. And this is the dream. So I was on the COVID mission uh, and I was based in upstate. So I was staying in the Embassy Suites Hotel in Syracuse, New York, up on the fifth floor, overlooking the throughway. And, uh, and I remember this, I don't remember the exact date. It was last summer, I think in July or August, I don't know. Anyway, I, I never remember dreams. Uh, and, and if I, if I, you know, I, ne I never do. But I woke up at about two in the morning, having remembered this particular dream, because it was very vivid. And I saw the whole thing play out like I watched a movie. And like I had just watched the whole thing. And it wasn't fading from my memory as I sat in the hotel thinking, what was this, this dream, the dream I had, I saw myself as a female priest. And it, it was it was odd. And, and I'm trying to figure what does this mean? Because I had I had just joined the Catholic Apostolic Church and I had gone through the application to be for holy orders. Um, and, and, and so I guess that's the priest context, but the female thing really had me baffled. And I, and I can't say that God spoke to me. I didn't hear words from God. There wasn't a crash of lightning and nothing like that. But I had a very succinct feeling that came to me. Um, and it was all right, wise ass, you understand how I made you? Now there's something I want you to do for me. What is that? What does that mean? Where did that come from? So, and it's not like I got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and I'm going back to bed. I, I was wide awake uh, and I hadn't had any coffee and I was wide awake, it's two in the morning. So I got up and I sat at the, the desk and I started to write and I started to journal and think and pray and and that's when, by the time I got my uniform on to report for duty in the morning, um, I had sketched, and I have it somewhere still, it's around here, what I thought, you know, I, and I'm graphically challenged, so I can't come up with a logo, but I thought this is a good logo for the transmission, a, a Catholic church for trans Catholic people. And so, of course, now this is running through my brain. I, I called my bishop right away, and I said, so we have to talk. And and I remember he said, uh, or asked me, well, why didn't this come up when you were going through the application process with the, with the church to become a, a, um, a priest? I said, I had no idea. It is, this, is, this is so new to me. And, and, it's, um, and it is, the whole thing is just brand new. It was, and a few months went on before, of course, I spoke to my therapist. And it wasn't until November or December that I first came out to family. And it was my daughter, Abby, who I came out to first. Uh, but yeah, so it was all kind of kind of quick. So I'm new at this. So as far as going around the trans block, I'm, I'm only just down a couple yards down the, down the sidewalk so far. But I love that. And, you know, um, you know, I know that you've connected to become really close with Diane Crow. Shout out to again to Diane. I remember yep. seeing when you two were interviewing, I don't know if you were interviewing her, she was interviewing you, but you had yes. talked about like, you're going through this together, like yep, at yep. the same time. So that's just another thing that I think some people can sometimes be intimidated, like, oh, that person's been transitioned for 10 years or 20 years. And, yeah, you know, um, oh, yeah. some of us were, we're, we're helping each other find the way. And Diane has the gift. She does that whole 
goodwill hunting thing. I love that. So I do too. I do too. Yeah. Um, so looking back now, mm -hmm. the red flags, the moments where you're like, oh yeah, I did want to be a woman. I did want to be a girl. But yeah. now looking back, you realize you had some of those. Oh, yeah. Well, my therapist went over those with me. Uh, make sure that this wasn't just a fad kind of thing. And is this something you've really had through life? So as, as best I can recall, um, when, the first time I moved, I was I was five years old. And this was before my first move. So, I, so I'm guessing I was four. I might have just turned five. My mother called my brother and me into the kitchen because she had a wishbone. And, uh, you know, it's time for Georgie and Gary to do the wishbone, somebody's gonna get the wish. Okay, so I grabbed one, George grabbed the other, we pulled and I got the, you know, the thing, so I got to make the wish. So stupid me, I blurted out, I wish I was a girl. And my mother giggled and my brother, you know, he had like the rest of his life, he had something to hang over me and to tease me about. And when he wanted to, he would. But so I guess that was the earliest thing. But I would be, you know, I've always been interested in girls and attracted to them. And I'd, I'd see a, a pretty girl, I'd get, you know, like any other American boy, I'd be interested in. And, uh, um, but you're you know, also interested in like the clothing. Well, yes, because I would, uh, like anybody else, of course, undress her with my eyes. And then I'd imagine what I'd look like in whatever she was wearing, you know, as long as it was well accessorized. <laughs> No, but I, I remember I'd be in high school and we were waiting for class to begin and I'd see somebody come in and one day she's in a dress and the next day she's in a skirt and the next day she's got jeans. And I remember thinking, you know how wonderful that must be to just get up in the morning and decide, hmm, today is a dress day or today's a, you know, whatever. And you can, and you put your hair up, you put your hair down, you, you know, all kinds of things. What did I have to wear to school? Jeans. And shirt and what do I wear today oh yeah jeans and a shirt so um you know that was it and then the you know their conversations are always far more interesting than guys I don't care about sports and cars and things like that <laughs> and I was more interested in you know hair and nails and that kind of thing the feeling talking about stuff well and now you've got the dream come true of having hair you, I do. Well, it's not quite as nice as yours yet, so it's not the dream come true. But I'm, um, I'm getting there. I'm going. I'm going to do the. You got those. You got it going well. The curls, <laughs> yeah. You will. Right. You will love it. You will I love think so. it. So we've got some more comments coming in and some questions about transmission, and I um, want to make sure that everybody knows what's happening with transmission, how to find it, what the future is. Good. But we've got. We've got some connections with religion going on. So let me, let me come okay. back. So not sure if I already said, um, Michaela says, congratulations on becoming a priest. Oh, thank you. Terry Colleen says, I missed the beginning. I'm a 62 year old transgender woman. I retired from 28 years of active army chaplain service in 2016. Oh, oh my goodness. Terry, I had no idea. Oh. And, you two uh, need to connect. Yeah, contact me through the, um, go, go to my website. My contact information is there. So yeah, I put it in the comments. So Terry, go to the comments. And I, if you're coming in late, you can rewatch this from the beginning um, on Facebook. It'll take a little bit of time to kind of settle after our program ends, and then it'll be available to watch again from the beginning. And then of course you can always find it on our website, 
Uh, I will have it up on the site within a week and it'll be myfeminineheart.com. Um, so, oh, you two do have a lot in common. Terry says she's ordained both Baptist church and Christian church, Disciples of Christ. It's exciting to find affirming avenues for ministry. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Terry, let's connect. Yeah, because you've got a little bit of a Baptist background too. You got that right. <laughs> um, Ashley says, I'm a recovering Catholic as I've spent my entire life being told I was wrong and believing it. I've yeah. stepped away for the past four or five years. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day I'll feel ready to reach out again, knowing there are safe spaces being made by wonderful people like you. Uh, go to casina.org, C-A-C-I-N-A. -A. That's the acronym for our church, casina.org. Um, we've got 17 missions and parishes around the country. And you are welcome, trans people are welcomed, loved, and celebrated in any of them. Yeah, that's a, that's quite the the phrase that she coined, recovering Catholic. Yes, yep, yeah. I've heard that before. Um, Diane says, oh, you're so sweet. Aww. And Bronwyn says she's three years into her transition and that both you and Diane um, inspire her. Oh, I'm glad to hear. Terry says, yay for brothers and teasing. <laughs> and Georgette says, I'm an atheist, but baptized and grew up in the Roman Catholic view. Mm -hmm. If not associated with the Roman Catholic, why do they use Catholic in the name? Go. Catholic means we're all together, we're united. And, and one of the things that's important in the Catholic tradition is apostolic succession. Um, every bishop ordains bishops and everyone who's ordained in the Catholic Church has had hands laid on by a bishop and they can literally trace that laying on of hands from whoever does the ordination or the consecration you follow the chain and you wind up with the night that Christ instituted the church and he said to Peter upon you I'll build this uh, on the rock I'll build my church um, so that apostolic succession is important it's very important we're, we keep Catholic because we are, we, we, our, our spirituality, uh, our uh, reverence for the sacraments is the same as the Roman Catholic Church. We just, we just don't get involved in all the other rules and regulations and so on that they have. Thank you for explaining that. You've got more questions rolling in. Mm -hmm. um, Georgette, I hope that I answered your question. Grace is obviously the resource for explaining all of this. I had a, I had a hard time understanding that as well. Um, so Rami says um, her church kicked her out when she came out as transgender. Rami, I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry to hear that. That happens with some churches. And if that's the case, uh, you pray about it. Uh, there are other churches that will accept you. Uh, if you need help finding one, uh, get in touch with me. I can, I can hopefully help you to find one. And in our area, so this may not help Rami um, right now, I don't know how much is online, but we've had conversations about religion before because so many of our members, you know, you, you grew up in a faith and it's a, an important part of your makeup inside mm -hmm. and out. And then all of a sudden you feel disconnected from that. So we've, we've had um, Danny Butler and Karen Kendra Holmes are both very involved mm -hmm. uh, in their churches and have found resources to find LGBT friendly churches if being Catholic is not for you. So I know that, the, I just love this, that, that 
even Catholics can now find a even friendly Catholics church. Because right. it always seemed like, ah, y'all are going to be the last ones to hold out. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? no, you can be sacramental still and, and still be uh, authentic. Yep. That's wonderful. Um, so we have, a, we have a question. Michaela wants to know, are the sacraments from the Roman Catholic Church accepted in the Catholic apostolic? Oh, very good question. We're, um, there's a legal phrase that they use. Our sacraments are recognized by the Roman Catholic Church as being legitimate, but illicit, because we're not part of the Roman Church. But when we consecrate and the, and the priest holds up the wafer and says the body of Christ, it's, it is the body of Christ and the, and the sacrament is the same. Um, the same as as the roman church yes and anyone can participate in the eucharist now, now the roman church will not share with anybody they're, they're not in communion with us but we will share with anybody um we don't ask what somebody's affiliation is christ said do this in memory of me he didn't say check to make sure they've paid their dues so um we share it. That's a casino thing. Any casino church, we open the sacraments to everybody. We don't withhold them. That's lovely. That's lovely. I, I remember um, pursuing a church in college and the minister having a talk with me saying, we don't want you to take communion with us until you are officially a part of our church. And even then I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't do that. The only the, the the only thing that we put is you have to be uh, uh, breathing, you have to be metabolizing, uh, you have to, so the, the only thing is you have to want to, you know, with a, with a clear heart. And Chloe says, mine kicked me out of every area of service. Chloe Webb had shared that when we mm -hmm. interviewed her last year, she was very involved in her church, mm -hmm. um, then told me they, they, nice to me if they saw me on the street. I hope that meant they 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 would be nice to you. Um, but I'm very sorry, Chloe, that that's something that you experienced. But as you have seen, if that's, that's something you want to pursue, there are paths for you. There, there are and, churches that will welcome you. Yep. Yep. And you can be like Grace and do it at any age. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And And let me know. I can help you find one. Yep. And Georgette's already been Googling casino and saw that's how they started. So okay. she's, yep. you've got some, some converts coming in who are very interested. Georgette, um, welcome back. Welcome home. Yeah. And Bronwyn says, I'm very active in the Unitarian Universalist, Universalist Church. I'm going to get tongue tied now. I'm saying so much. It's the apostolic has thrown me off tonight. Um, my faith and spirituality match with that faith, which is wonderful, Bronwyn. And Tracy says, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Oh, we got a Catholic school kid. How are your knuckles, Tracy? <laughs> so she says, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. So I've heard it all good yep. and bad. What's been hard for me is how hypocritical and corrupt some people in all churches are. And I don't want to be like them. But mm -hmm. at the same time, there are some wonderful people in all churches who are kind and loving. And I want to be like them. That's yep. where my crisis in faith has come from. Thank you, Grace, for being one of the wonderful people. Thank you, Tracy. And you know, and what you need to do is just find a place where the church is as open as the people in it. There are some. Yeah. 
you know, and don't let one bad apple ruin the barrel for you either. Yep. And, and, and I got to say, God created each and every one of us. God loves us. Uh, and, you know, I explained to somebody here in my building earlier today that humanity is like this beautiful garden where all the flowers are different kinds and it's and it's beautiful. And we have all these different faith traditions. We worship in different ways. And that's okay. God doesn't mind that we go to one church or another. He doesn't care. God wants us to love God and love each other. That's what's important. And how we do it doesn't matter. So um, it, it's just a matter of seeking and finding the right kind of church. That, that you, you pray on it. Spirit will lead you. And uh, be open to hearing, um, being led sometimes. God has a funny way of giving messages to you. Yeah. Well, um, you know, for everybody who's listening, because there's connecting so much with you and Georgette wants you to know she's not converting, but <laughs> she's interested. But for all the interest that's out there, when do you preach? When are you online? How can they connect with you? You're starting with Facebook. You're on Facebook. On Facebook right now. So we do the mass every Sunday. And I so I have dual roles in the Catholic Apostolic Church. I'm pastor of, of, of the transmission, but I serve as a deacon in my local parish, which is a St. John of God parish in Schenectady. Um, uh, Bishop Green is uh, presiding, and Father Victor Santos is there as well, and, and his wife Mary. Uh, so we do the Mass there every Sunday at 1230 Eastern Time. Uh, we meet in the uh, Eastern Parkway United Methodist Church in Schenectady, uh, we use a room in their church. We don't have a building of our own. And we're open to everybody. We generally have a, a small amount of people, and we have two cameras that are set up. One is the Facebook live stream for the St. John of God Parish, and the other is the live stream for the St. Wilgefortis Mission. So I always have our, uh, our St. Wilgefortis icon there so that she can be with us. And uh, so we do that. And then I do on the... Um, site too. I do a, a podcast on Thursdays usually, uh, but all of the casino churches do masses at various times live streamed, and we're all available on, on the, the, the main page. I'll direct you to those. Yeah. So um, you're live streaming the service that you're in, but you, I've also seen you do your podcast, just yes. you like this with your screen in the background. So when can we expect that or is that random? That's that's always on Thursday. Uh, I don't keep to a regular schedule because I'm uh, retired and I don't have to keep to a schedule. So, uh, and I'm still learning my way through. Diane has been so helpful. Diane Crow, watch the Diane Crow show Sundays at seven on a channel near you. Um, Diane was helpful to get me all this equipment that I got, but I still haven't hooked a lot of it up. So. I record, pre-record in Zoom like we're doing tonight, and then I, and then I post it. So it's uh, I try to be early on Thursday, but sometimes it's Thursday afternoon, and sometimes I've got a guest, and sometimes it's just me, uh, and I always have fun with it. That's lovely. I, it, you know, and you know, two years ago today, none of us were online, none of us were live. And now you can watch you on Sunday for church and Diane Crow Sunday night and us on Tuesday and then your podcast again on Thursday. So there's so much. And that's just our little tribe 
um, and, there's there's so many resources out there as well now, and it's just so beautiful. And I owe a big thank you to you because you're, the, the way you put my feminine heart together was such an inspiration. That's the the model that I have, you know, the, the public page and the private page and the whole bit. And uh, yeah, even the way, I like the way you have your logo behind you. That's what I did here. You know, I had to nail it on the brick wall though, but of course the brick wall is totally fake and so is the sign, but you know, they're, they're in the computer. <laughs> well, but, and you know, and it's interesting because, you know, you are designed like, you know, totally digital behind you. Diane Crows created her set, but to be a set of one, but still like a set, this was designed pre-COVID. So, uh -huh. you know, there's another chair over here <laughs> and a table. So I got in, sorry, that's a little shaky. Um, so this room was finished and I was officially recording in this room. My first recordings were at Rise Beauty Company because the owner, Casey Groom, was so sweet and she let me set up a whole set in her salon when Thanks. it would be closed Sundays and Mondays and I'd have people coming in. I used to have a key to her place. And then I thought, you know, I need a podcast room. So I built this whole room to have people interviewed and had everything set up. And mm -hmm. I interviewed like three people and then we got shut down with COVID and it's been a, a one woman chair with yeah. the logo on the wall ever since. Um, so it, it's, it's been a journey, but yeah, I am, I am very flattered that if you took any inspiration from my feminine heart to take that into role into this beautiful new future that you've created in a, in a path and it's connecting with so many people. Um, and cross you, uh, cross you, I never would have, uh, no, it, it wouldn't have happened. So yeah, we talked a little bit about that earlier today. So yeah. well, that's, yeah. you know, that's God bringing us all together. You know, you answered your call. I answered mine. It's a, it's a calling, you know, what we do. Um, yep. But yes, yeah, so the the Facebook group is in the comments. Could you spell Wilga Fortis yep. for those who are just listening? Because we have an audio podcast as well. Sure. It's St. Wilga Fortis, W-I-L-G-E-F-O-R-T-I-S. Uh, St. Wilga Fortis, not very well known in this country. She's more well known in Europe. Um, you have a minute? Do you want to know who she is? Who she I'm was? dying. Yes, I've been wanting to know this crazy name. <laughs> she was teenage daughter of the pagan king of Portugal back in the winter. I don't remember the year. And she converted to Christianity. At the time, uh, Portugal was a Muslim country. And she took a vow of chastity. She wanted to model her life after the Blessed Mother. But her father, as king, promised her hand in marriage to somebody else. And she didn't want to get married, of course, but it was impossible not to go through with it. So she uh, went to bed and prayed that somehow God would intervene and make him not wanting to marry her. So she woke up the next morning with a full beard. And that repulsed her fiance, and he, you know, this is over, and he left, and that was that. So she was elated. She thought, well, you know, God is on my side. My prayers are answered. Unfortunately, her father was not at all happy. He had her crucified. So uh, she she died a she she on a cross, and she is the uh, a virgin martyr for the faith, which is why she's a, a saint. And, and again, she's not well known here. Um, I've, I've learned uh, about her through a singer who's become a friend. 
uh, Rebecca Clamp, who's in Sweden. And if you Google or you go on YouTube and you just search St. Wilgefortis, you'll see a song that Rebecca wrote about Wilgefortis. Uh, and that's, I watched that video and that's how I got the inspiration to name her as my patron saint. And my paperwork is in the court system here in New York for my legal name change. Uh, I was Gary William Ferris. And as soon as that comes through, I'll be Grace Wilgefortis Ferris. So, so I'm taking her oh, name. That's beautiful. And I love that, you know, that you were a Gary and that you had the G. Yeah. That carries into Grace because I feel like Grace is the perfect name for you yeah. and for what you are doing. And you're, you're offering so much grace to us. And we are so grateful. Now, we do have listeners who are not on Facebook. Okay. How can they get in touch with you? Um, uh, well, you can just go on our website, casina.org, and look for us that way. Um, and so, and what it's going to do is going to send you to my Facebook page. Um, do you have an email? I do. And you know what? It's probably the easiest thing. The, the mission website is Saint W Transmission at gmail.com. Just run it together as one word. Saint, spell it out, the word or the letter W, and then the word transmission at gmail.com. So that's uh, the email that they can reach to you on. It comes right to me. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And I have to ask, so what is the future for transmission a year and you a year, five years, 10 years down the road? Well, I want it to grow. Uh, I, I have started working on the private page, the, the one that will be for people who want to engage as members. You know, you join your local church, you can join whatever club or go to whatever sessions. Uh, you can't do that on an internet-based church. So with a private one, we'll have uh, similar to what we have in My Feminine Heart, where there'll be confidentiality agreements and so on and rules for engagement. Uh, but it's in that uh, context that people will be able to interact and uh, we'll have Bible studies and support groups and you know the, what you would find in a normal church. Uh, I do need to get beyond Facebook. I've been told by particularly younger people that Instagram and Twitter are important. Okay. And you take it one step at a time. You're doing just great. And obviously the broader internet is important too. And because I want to be able to be accessible. Um, so I'd like to get that going as far as me personally within the church. Um, I, I expect, I, I hope that my priestly ordination will be in December. Uh, I've been talking dates with, uh, with my Bishop. We need to firm it up. I, I hope that's when, if not, then, you know, sometime thereabouts, uh, as I said, I was ordained a, a deacon as Gary. I'll be ordained a priest as Grace. And then, um, and as far as what I do with the local parish, that's still, um, I'm, I'll continue, you know, however it is the bishop wants to use me. Uh, we're growing this local parish, and uh, that's exciting. We get involved in some local projects here. Uh, so I'll do that. Um, I continue with the guard, but now I'm not on COVID anymore. So it's back to steady state. So it's just, uh, you know, once a month and then annual training in the summer. Uh, and I serve as chaplain for the uh, New York Guard for upstate New York. Uh, and I'll continue to do that until I age out. Um, got a daughter who's getting married in May. And we're going to get ready for that. And 
whatever it is that, you know, I got to tell you, this, this, just this last year and a half has been so surprising. And, you know, it's, it's like, you want me to do what? And here I am. So, you know, it's, a lot of it's not up to me. It's up to what God wants. And uh, he, he really surprised me. So um, I, I, I'll I, say, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really hope that the mission grows. And, and I want to make sure that people who are trans understand that not every church is going to accept them. It's just like not every person that you see on the subway is going to accept you either. But that's okay. And if, a, if one church doesn't want you, who needs them? There are churches where you're welcome because God created you just the way you are. He made you the way you are for a reason, and he loves you, and he wants you to be able to love him back. So th there are ways. I want to make sure that whether they're Catholic or Lutheran or Presbyterian or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, if, you, if you love God and you want to participate in a church, you're welcome. And that's what we're all about. And you, you know, it, no, they haven't even been officially submitted yet, but you plan to be submitting proposals to Keystone. So fingers yes. crossed, Grace yes. will be yes. doing some ministering or some, some, some speaking. Oh, looking forward to going. I, and I spoke with my bishop about that and they're very supportive of it. So, uh, uh, so that's, that's great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that too. I wish I could make it to Lake Erie too, but they got something else going on at that point. And that's not, uh, not going to materialize for me. Oh, so, we're excited for you to just come to Keystone. Thank you so much okay, for that. Thank you. And then meanwhile, I just need to figure out how to, Diane Crow, I need to know how to hook all this equipment up to OBS is, I can't figure it out. Yeah, she's tried to get me to use that software too. It was very hard for me. I'll show you what I used. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, my own. It's, uh, I can't figure it out. I ended oh. intense videography. She's got the, the stuff down. Yeah. I was like you, I answered a call and had no idea. How do I put on a podcast? I have no idea. But, you know, this was the direction I got that God pushed me in. And same for you. And we're just figuring out along the way. So I figured out, I'll let you know. And uh, so now um, one of my, one of my favorite questions that I, I'd love to ask mm -hmm. is if, there was one piece of advice you wish somebody had given you when you were younger mm -hmm. that you would want to pass on to anyone else. What would that be? Be in touch with yourself and your feelings early. And if you don't understand them, find a good therapist who can help you figure them out. And I wish somebody would have helped me figure this stuff out years ago. I'd have been able to enjoy this a long time ago. <laughs> Well, we're so glad that you're able to enjoy it now. Grace, thank you so much. Thank you, Cass. And thank and, you, everybody, for being here. It means the world to me. And before we let you go, uh, just to let you know what's coming up in the next couple of weeks, because October is flying by, next week we have a club member-led discussion panel. Um, and I, I feel like so many of our members have been going through surgery lately because COVID had postponed surgeries you know through 2020 so it seemed like all of a sudden we had so many members going through surgery and there's been so much chatter about um surgery and hormones and i had a conversation like six months ago with elizabeth taylor 
one of our favorite makeup artists and photographer based down in DC, who is married to Gisela, trans woman. And um, when Elizabeth shared with me, like in the spring, how she was preparing for Giselle's affirmation surgery, what they went through to prepare blew my mind. And I thought this is an entire episode of My Feminine Heart just on its own. So what we're gonna do next week is Elizabeth and Giselle are joining us as our any club members who have signed the model release and would like to talk about any surgery, you know, anything that, hey, hair extensions to me is affirmation stuff. So anything that has affirmed anything for you, we are not discussing specific doctors. We're not recommending any medications. We're not recommending any specific surgeries um, and all the legalese that surrounds that, but we are having our club members come on to share how they physically, mentally, and emotionally prepared for something significant like that change because surgery is a trauma to the body. So how did they prepare what to expect and what it was like for them afterwards? So kind of prep and post, um, all the parts of surgery, physical, emotional, mental, emotional, spiritual, just not any specific medical advice because we're not doctors, but we're, if you wanted to sit down and have a cup of coffee and say, Hey, what was this like for you? That's what next week is going to be like. So it's next Tuesday. It's trans Tuesday live right here on our public Facebook page, 8 PM Eastern standard time. And um, as we do, sometimes we're live and sometimes we have private events for our club members. This year's Halloween party, we were live last year. This year's a private party so that all of our members can join on Zoom, get dressed up in a costume and have some fun. It's our monthly Zoom social. So get your costumes ready, gals, because all of our members are welcome to join, even those who are not typically um, on camera when we do a recording such as we are tonight and then when we're not public. So very excited for that. And then we've got some wonderful things happening later in November and Grace hosted. So we have some special member led extra socials that are happening. Mm -hmm. Grace led our very first coffee clutch uh, at the very first Saturday of October. And it was like 9 a.m. Saturday morning. We sent a Zoom link out to club members and y'all just gathered and, and had coffee. Shared coffee and we just chit-chatted. It was such a lot of fun. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll do it the first Saturday of the month. And yep. uh, yeah, so we'll be doing it again. So that will be happening again the first Saturday of November, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know we're about to hit like daylight savings somewhere in the next month. Um, but yep. Yeah, so thank you, Grace, for taking the member initiated lead on that. And we've got some other fun member leads that are coming, but right now coffee clutch, nothing is streamed. Nothing's recorded. It's just as though we were all in the same town meeting up at the local coffee shop just to gab. Yep. Just so to chat. Just girl, girl talk over the coffee. Yep. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So thank you, everybody. We love you. Um, so St. Wilgefordis Transmission, you can find Grace on Facebook. You can get her on email, saintwtransmission at gmail.com. If you would like to join our membership, we will be reopening later this fall. And uh, if you'd like to join us, send me an email, info at CassandraStorm.com to sign up for our wait list. And we will get you in there when we reopen because I'm rebuilding our website right now. 
So love you all. Thank you for tonight. I know that there was a ton of comments coming in the end. I'm so sorry I wasn't able to get to everybody at the very end, but your comments and your participation are so dearly loved. If you're not following us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook so you can participate in this because it's it's so fun and interactive and we love having you all as a part of the show. So yeah, have a beautiful evening, everybody. I hope that this touched you the way that it touched us. We love you and God loves you. That's right. And God good bless night. You. Thank you all. Good night now. Thanks, Cass. Thank you. Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at myfeminineheart.com.